In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. This is episode number 32, On the Compound. Here we are, <laughs> On the Compound. In case you couldn't tell, we're talking about cults. Cults. Culty cults. Culty cult cult cults. <laughs> Not blue oyster cult. No. <laughs> Super cults. Super cults. They yep. get real culty and cult-like. Very culty. Yeah. yeah. A lot of cultish behavior. <laughs> so that's our theme. Yeah. There's something real weird, scary... Freaky about cults. Yes. But there's something that you can't turn away from them either. Yeah. Yeah. You were mentioning you get kind of a weird feeling. About I do. Cults. I get a little creeped out. I do. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. It's, sometimes it's hard for me. Uh-huh. I have an easier time reading about them than sure. I do viewing things about them. Yes. So, I, yes. I think that's true because mm-hmm. then you can actually see it in action. And yeah. It's real, real and I think I, you, I don't know, with reading, you can kind of take a break or something. Yes. You can, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Can take us break, and so you don't become a cult member, right? So you don't become, yeah, you're yeah. not accidentally cult <laughs> brainwashed, yeah, brainwashed. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. I came up with cultified instead, which is I like cultified, stellar, pretty yeah. much like brainwashing. Yeah, same yeah. principle. Do you think you can get accidentally brainwashed? I imagine. Yeah. I imagine you can. Yeah, maybe some of these people. I think if you're not actively trying to not be brainwashed, then yeah, you could probably get accidentally brainwashed. Yeah, unless you go through life with a don't. Like, F I want with me. to get brainwashed. Do it. <laughs> I'm on purpose getting brainwashed. I think by nature, brainwashing is accidental. On the part of the participant, you know, the one. You're right. You're right. You're right. They come into it, you know, not not realizing. Not realizing. Yeah. And then, oops, I'm brainwashed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cold. The person doing the brainwashing totally knows what's happening. Yeah. Very on purpose. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Well, good Mm -hmm. we settled that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Aaron. Uh huh. Questions about cults. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been in a cult and didn't realize it? Yes. Were you accidentally brainwashed? (laughs) I was. Okay. Um, and it was called Kosama. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to non-Iowa listeners, explain yeah. what Kosama is. This is like a seven-day, well, it's like six days a week, uh, workout program yep. that combines like martial arts and hot yoga and Pilates yeah. and weight shaming and oh, food so shaming. Oh, so much weight shaming. It's, it's, so much food yeah. shaming. I thought this was going to be a good idea. No one knows why. That was an accidental brainwashing. I did the same thing. I, I was like, hey, I want to get fit. Let's yeah. do this. Oh, dear. It yeah. went bad. Yeah. I immediately peed my pants. 
which I mentioned before. I didn't, yeah. In a bonus. I didn't yeah. that it was with Kusama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. because I have no bladder control sure. after children, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I completely blocked out the food thing. I didn't know that That's there was a food right. component. Yeah. Yeah. But... The reason that I say that I was in a cult is because when you go to those classes and you're around those people, I mean, it's diehard. Like, they believe yes, it. they are. Like, when I realized I wasn't doing the food component, I was scared that something bad was going to happen. Uh-huh. It's, like you were going to get mobbed by the others yes, that enforce yeah. the cult. Yeah, yeah. It's like a thing. I mean, they are serious about it. Do you remember the book that we that you recommended, 13 Ways of Looking at a Fat Girl? Mm-hmm. And there's that final section where the, the girls are just on the bikes and they are just running mm-hmm. or, you know, biking to the end of their lives kind of thing. That's the feeling I got from Kosama. Yes. Everyone's so like just, there's no matter do this. how fast you do the exercises or how well, there's always going to be the next day where they up the ante. Yeah. And I just, I... Yeah, I felt like everyone around me was all in and mm-hmm. I couldn't figure it out. I will say I did find the kickboxing really cathartic. That was so good. When we I got to kick the dummies, yes. that was amazing. So good. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that as well. Mm-hmm. But other than that, everything else. I hated it. Hot yoga, terrible idea. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I also didn't like it when they paired you up with people. I don't do that. No. I don't like no. pairs. No. I don't want... It started turning into games. It's like, no. 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 <laughs> Amy's not about I'm it. Out. <laughs> Amy's out. No more And they games. track your heart rate. Yeah. And like... Yeah, it's, it gets real intense. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Mm-mm. I agree. And they're like checking if you're there. Like they're following your attendance and then yep. like calling you. Like, are you yes. coming? That's cultish. It is cultish. Yeah. And then they start making you evangelize to other people. Yeah. Like if you can recruit other people. People, then you get this. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ugh. Uh-huh. So yeah. I'm glad you got out. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I got out too. Mm-hmm. I think I may have hurt my hip and my knee. Yeah. Severely. It was, it was yeah. my pride took a good hit. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, since you kind of did it, would you, would you be a good cult member? I don't think so. Okay. And there's a number of reasons. One, when I was a kid, and we were growing up sort of casually Christian, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I go to church every once in a while. Great. Mm-hmm. Go to youth group because, hey, there's fun kids. Right. All that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, I did ask a lot of annoying questions, the kinds of questions that, um, that youth leaders don't want to hear. Okay. Like, if you know, Jewish people and Hindu people think that they're the chosen ones. Why do we believe that we're the chosen ones? And their answer was always something very simplistic like faith. And I was like, yeah, that's no, that's not no, good enough. That's, not, that's not good here. enough for me. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I would um, be naturally inquisitive mm. to the point of just like, just shut up, just mm-hmm. stop. And once it got to, if I worked through all the levels of, you know, various cults and then realized the ultimate thing was like a space god or that, you know, the leader was going to sleep with me, I'd get real upset. Yeah. I'd, yeah. There'd be a public tantrum okay. of some kind. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think I would do you, good. You don't, you wouldn't I do well. I don't think yeah. I do. Okay. I'd go, but like you said, you can get accidentally brainwashed. You can. Well, Maybe I'd get Because there, there is a part of you that you, I mean, you're a rule follower. Like yes. you set out parameters, yes. you'll meet them. I so am. that's a good point. Oh, as long no. as they didn't make it seem like a game. Oh my god! They might right. be able to accidentally brainwash you. Okay, you have to protect me. I will. This. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I got you covered. Okay, I don't think good. you're gonna be in any situations okay, that are good. called. Oh, the look of concern on your face is real. <laughs> like oh shit. I am a rule follower. Oh, no. Yeah, but I am too. But you're also naturally suspicious of, like, doctrine. I am. So that's that's, that's true. That's key number one. you know, some of our picks, they kind of, you know, they're loosey-goosey with the terms. So I can see. That's why. Cults are scary. Yeah, Yeah. they are scary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, If you ran a cult, Hmm. first off, I think you'd run a hell of a cult. I would. Um, What would be the main guiding principles? It'd be, like, one thing, basically. Okay. Do what you want, but do no harm. <laughs> I like that. Be kind. Do you. Just do it with kindness. Wow. That's all I'm saying. You can do whatever you want. I don't really care. Just, you can't hurt anyone. Uh-huh. Just need to be kind. You need to be perpetuating kindness. I so, want to be your first follower. You're, okay, already approved. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> you sold me. No. I'm in. That was like a two-minute pitch. I am defying none of what we're going to do. I'm brainwashed. You don't even know where we're living. How, how are we getting food? 
I don't care. I'm in. Okay. All right. Your, but yeah, your beautiful be my... spiritual talk about being kind. <laughs> I'm in. Also, as part of the cult, we would not live in a compound. Ooh. Everyone would live on their own. I can't be around that many people. <laughs> I can't either. Asking me for answers? Doesn't that sound terrible? I'm not your God. Living in like a freaking cabin no. with all these people? No. No. Bunk beds? No. Hell no. What uniform? I don't care. Wear no. what you want. See rule number one. <laughs> if you ask me a question about what we wear, you're out. Yes. You know what? Not a good cult member. See you on the outside. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Are we supposed to be wearing Nikes and drinking punch? No. <laughs> Unless you want to, but only if you made the punch and you know what's in it. Only eat the jello that you've made yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's a sub rule. (laughs) That's a little A. There's rule one and then there's rule A. Right away, we had to make a sub rule. (laughs) Only eat jello if you made it. That goes for any liquid substance. Pudding, (laughs) Kool Aid, punch. Okay. Alcohol, yeah, whatever it is. All of it. You poured it, you can have it. Other than that. <laughs> Don't pass around drinks. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, your cold sounds wonderful. Do whatever you want. You just can't hurt anybody else. You want to eat sugar cookies for all your meals? Do it. Wow. I don't care. I think I'm going to eat sugar cookies for all my meals. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> if you want to drink your pop with a Twizzler straw, do it. Oh my God, this sounds amazing. You want to whip someone with your Twizzler straw? Oh. Nope. Violated rule number one, you're out. Wow. There's a, And there's no like, I'm not interested in keeping people. So if I need to throw you out, it's done. I'll do it on a whim. I'll do it on a whim. You look kind of matchy-matchy like you guys tried to wear the same thing. What's that about? Are you trying to create a uniform? Can all your cult members, though, wear like the, the pantsuit uniform that the girls in Booksmart did? Like the, you know, coverall yeah, thing. that's amazing. Yeah. If they want to. If they want to. Okay. If they don't want to, okay. they don't have to. Okay. I'm not opposing anything except be kind. Do okay. no harm. That's all okay. I'm asking. All right. I have many follow-up questions, but, you know, oh. we don't okay. have all that time. <laughs> Before I really commit to okay, getting brainwashed fine. by yeah, you, yeah, I, I just fine. have Before more questions. Before you sign the 500-year contract <laughs> <laughs> and commit In- <laughs> to giving all your money to the spaceship I'm building... <laughs> And all future possible born children, <laughs> then yes, you are allowed to ask any follow up questions. Wait, you're going to get a bunch of random born children? You want that many kids? Amy, we need them to. Oh, you're right. To populate, the the, <laughs> to populate the planet that we're going to take over. I need to put over. them in the spaceship. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Otherwise, why am I taking all that money? Good point. For my own gate? Is it for my own house and my own cars? That's just robbery. That's yeah. not a theft. That's, <laughs> or that's not a cult. Actually, a cult. <laughs> The financial workings of a cult, right there. <laughs> oh, it sounds wonderful. Yeah. Well, okay. So I said what my cult would be. Is there yeah. anything that you think that there should be a cult for? Well, first off, your cult. I want your cult to oh. be real and I okay. want to be in it and I'm right. going to be your first follower okay. and be You're your right. advantage. <laughs> I'm starting to feel like I'm getting brainwashed by my own cult member to make a cult. And I don't know how we got here. <laughs> You're very earnest and convincing. <laughs> Um, generally, I was just going to say, I want there to be more cults run by women because men. <laughs> Why? Because that advances us somehow. So far, we've been smart enough not to do that. And you want us to do because that. Because A, equality. Right. Okay. <laughs> but also because whenever they're run by men, invariably the sex stuff comes up real okay. weird. Okay. There's always polygamy where only the leader can have nine wives. Or 85. Or 85. So I think, you know, women wouldn't have to do that kind of stuff. Like, women would be more practical about it. Mm-hmm. Like, they would have a rule like you. Mm-hmm. Just like, hey, do whatever you want. Just don't be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, more women cult leaders. That's okay. what I'm saying. Okay. I, I can get on board with that. I have to explain it much more on board. Okay. I like it. But also for equality. Yeah, no, equality, yeah. of course. And to yeah. sexism. Yes, absolutely. The glass ceiling of cults needs to go. Quick follow-up question. <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel the same say, like, about serial killers? Because it's been proven that most, you know, that You're right. there's a far more majority of male serial yeah. killers. So yeah, would you like more. some equality there? Okay. Absolutely. All yeah. right. Yeah. Just yeah. checking yeah. that where you're... Hey, equality can't be, you know, You can't just pick area. and choose. Exactly. Right. All okay. across the board. Right. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with that... 
what possible fiction pick did you bring to the table? Oh, well, mm-hmm. my fiction pick is called The Incendiaries by R.O. Kwan mm-hmm. from 2018. Did you read this one? Remy? No, okay. it's on my list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in The Incendiaries, Phoebe meets Will their first month at a very prestigious college. Um, Phoebe is sort of glamorous, and Will is from a Bible college. He's transferred over, and mm. he falls hard for Phoebe. But Phoebe's mom died recently, and she's grieving. She's sort of ridden with guilt about the whole thing. And in that state, she's increasingly drawn into a prayer group founded by a charismatic former student, John Leal. We see that this is really a sort of extremist cult. He's somehow been involved with North Korea oh, and Phoebe's Korean-American family. So there's some weird family ties there, but also this very, mm. very deep Christianity. Okay. Um, meanwhile, Phil is... Phil. Will is watching Phoebe sort of change in front of him, and he's worried about what he's hearing from this group. You know, he knows, he knew extremists firsthand. He kind of came from that fundamentalist background. So he sees this is like, oh, this is getting dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the group bombs several buildings in the name of Faith, killing five people. Phoebe disappears, and Will tries to find her. So it's a very short book, but it is packed full of amazing writing as well as this killer storyline um what i really liked about it was this deep digging into extreme christianity Mm -hmm. i think a lot of us you know think of cults in form of you know weird space gods and all that kind of stuff but what are you saying my spaceship idea is bad no i'm not saying that all right i'm just saying that's the typical right yes yes yeah whereas this when we think about some of the you know world's major religions we don't necessarily think about cults yeah very true Mm -hmm. but um, there's religion, and then there's this sort of cult-like fervor that Phoebe and this prayer group have. And when you take a look at what's taught in this prayer group, and then, you know, just out in the world, in some of these fundamentalist camps and Bible camps, that kind of stuff, you realize that shit is a cult. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening here. Um, what's really interesting, too, is R.O. Kwan, she comes to this from her own deep, extreme faith that she had. Um, she, up to the age of 17, she said she described herself as a Jesus freak. She was very happy about that. But in high school, she came to realize that she didn't believe anymore. And that was a, a lot of pain for her, that realization and that losing of that faith as well as losing of God in mm. her mind. In fact, she says, uh, I can't forget the God-crazed girl I once was, the fanatic who believed that life starts at conception, who, believing this, could have prioritized the rights of unborn fetuses over those of living women. I wish to show what it can be to love an invisible, silent being so much that one can be driven to, say, blow up some buildings. So it's it's really it's a personal story in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. It's kind of a universal story when you think about um, extremist groups like this. And she just really digs into what makes people believe so hard and how people can then justify so many things based on that belief. Mm-hmm. That's why I like this book. Yeah, it's really it's powerful. Awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, mine is kind of similar. Mm-hmm. I picked uh, a book called The Book of Essie. And it's by Megan McLean Weir. Um, and it is her debut novel. And it centers around a family that whose father is an evangelical pastor. And they happen to have a TV show, a reality TV show. Oh. So basically, the, the show is called Six for Hicks because the main character <laughs> is Esther Ann Hicks, who's also known as Essie. Ah. And so this reality TV show follows this evangelical pastor and his family through everything. But what you quickly learn is that Celia, his wife, and uh, Essie's mom is really the driving force. And the driving force is no longer the religion, but the fame and money that they have gotten by doing this reality TV sure. show. And at all costs, mm-hmm. she can't let that facade break. So when she discovers that Essie is pregnant, she comes up with a few different options, none of which involve Essie. Essie has no say in this, but her mom at one time considers whether or not she should go to another country to have an abortion. She considers all kinds of things, but ultimately decides that they'll just marry her off at an early age. And then they'll just say that that's what happened. So quickly we learn that there's like a lot of weird secrets and drama that's driving a lot of these things. And we don't know the whole story. You get quickly feel like there's more to Essie than you're seeing. Um, and soon we learn that there is, that she's using this as a way to tell her actual family story. And she uses another character by the name of Liberty Bell, who is a reporter who's escaped her own cult situation. 
And so she uses her uh, on purpose as someone that she can talk to and basically give this exclusive interview to and use kind of throughout the way to perpetuate the fame, but then also use that on the backside. So it's very similar in that it's the story about, you know, we're supposed to be holding this one true thing. And they had a cult-like following because they were evangelical um, Christians and, you know, everybody thought they could do no wrong. And instead of just embracing that and saying, hey, we have problems in life and this is how we deal with them. Instead of that, they were so afraid to break that facade. They made this cult-like situation in their own family Mm -hmm. that they couldn't, that the kids couldn't get out of. Um, So I, I think it's a really good look at that kind of the same idea of the religions. Um, it's in an interesting way of talking about when do you stand by your beliefs and mm-hmm. saying, no, the, the basis of this is important, but where someone took this is not quite right. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, you can see that with a lot of cults where it goes off the rails. Like maybe the idea started. Okay. It's Absolutely. In and of itself, it isn't destructive, but then the way that it veered off or the heights yes. to which someone took it mm-hmm. is not entirely correct. So I really like that part of it. I like seeing, I thought that the SE character is really interesting living that, but then also feeling, having your own feelings about her own religion and faith and what that means. And how do you growing up in this environment, do you throw that all away and say it's all fake or is there stuff she's kept from it? So very interesting character book mm-hmm. i would say but great story um it's a quick read it's an easy read mm-hmm. so yeah i really I like that uh you mentioned there's almost like a cult within the family mm-hmm. i can see you know we have the the expression cult of personality i can see that in so many families mm-hmm. especially but also in small groups like that where whether it's the father or or, or the reverend or whatever some figure is held up as mm-hmm. you know having all the answers and the the kind of the producers that help with the TV show were also kind of considered part of their family. Like one of the main reality TV producers basically lives with them because, you know, they're recording all the time. And so she and the mother were the two that were deciding what to do about Essie. So you also have that, you know, this outside person that's become. So the idea of this show and perpetuating it and keeping this image has become so important that at at no turn will they do something different. Oof. Yeah. Fascinating. Interesting that we both started off by talking about Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, but as we said, like, things can start off in a very simple way, in a very, uh, you yeah. know, with mm-hmm. ideas that may not be dangerous in and of themselves, but then what people do with that idea. How yeah. They translate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a lot of of that in beliefs, which is a lot of times I think what people have trouble with, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know that I agree to it to this degree, or if you believe this, how can you believe X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. then, which is, you know, where part of the problem with cults and other things come in is that there's not that allowance. There's just this diehard. You have yes. to believe this. Yes. There has to be this element of sacrifice all the time. Yep. And mm-hmm. doctrine that cannot be deviated from. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Exactly. Um, well, that kind of leads to my other genre pick, pick, which is called Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s. This is pretty brand spanking new yeah, from 2019. I talking about this. Yes, it's by Tom O'Neill. And I imagine everyone listening, you know about Charles Manson. Um, even if you know nothing else, you've probably seen the image of him, all like bug-eyed and serial mm. killery. Um, you know of his family. Um, the cult of mostly young women that he built in Death Valley, California, in the 60s. Um, he's also kind of having a moment right now because this August was the 50th anniversary of their most notorious act, which was um, the killing of actress Sharon Tate and a few others in 1969. A very vicious killing, mm-hmm. by the way. He's also appearing in movies and TV. He was in the latest Quentin Tarantino movie, which I still haven't seen, but I'm excited to see. And Mindhunter, he showed up in this uh, second season. Uh, the guy's real eerie, too. Like, how mm. close he looks, by the way. So... Finally, you may have heard or seen or heard of the book Helter Skelter, um, which was written by the man who prosecuted Charles Manson, Vincent Bugliosi. Um, And it's the best-selling true crime book ever. 
for some time. I don't know if it still is, but mm-hmm. for some time it definitely was. So actually, this book by Tom O'Neill, it starts with that prosecutor, Bugliosi, in 2005. Um, in that opening chapter, he's losing his shit because he's threatening the author of this book, Tom O'Neill, saying that he can't go forward with what he found. He will sue him for slander, defamation, everything. Because in 1999, this author, Tom O'Neill, was assigned an article for Premier Magazine um, discussing, the at the time, the 30-year anniversary of the murders and the impact that it had on Hollywood. And at first, he's like, what the hell can we say that is not already said? Like, this story is known. We get this. But he digs in, and bit by bit, he learns things about the murders that were never discussed in the trial, that never appeared in the book, that don't really match the narrative of the book. Um, Things that really just cast doubt on what we now accept as the story of Charles Manson and the family. Um, And even more so, he calls into question the whole culture of L.A. and Hollywood at the time. Midway through the book, you learn how the CIA might be involved in this whole thing. And while that sounds super crazy pants, by the time you get to this middle of the book, all this evidence and discussions and interviews, it sounds legit. Mm. It is crazy. Um, And how they may have known about and protected Manson. Mm -hmm. Um, It digs into who Manson's friends were in Hollywood. And there were a lot of friends in Hollywood. And what they might do in order to cover up their cover up their ties to him, to this cult leader, mm-hmm. um, and looks into like why didn't law enforcement act on many chances they had to stop him before these murders? Um, there's lots of new interviews, things that have never appeared anywhere, um, both from the LAPD and the FBI, CIA. Um, there's a, a quote that says, "In these two dark nights in Los Angeles, O'Neill finds the story of California in the '60s, when charlatans mixed with prodigies, free love was as possible as brainwashing, and utopia or dystopia was just an acid trip away." Mm-hmm. It's super fascinating, and it's like a 500-page book, but it is gripping both the information that he's giving, but also the way he tells it, because he frames it from that beginning in 1999. And how he dug into that story for 20 more years. Yeah. Like, he just kept missing his deadline for this article right. and turned it into this book. <laughs> um, he became more and more obsessed, and he fully admits this. Like, he even shows some of his, like, serial killery type walls where oh. everything is connected and his office just exploded. He just couldn't let it go because yeah. this is such a known story, and he felt like so much of it was wrong and potentially... Mm. Um, just never discussed, hidden, covered up, all that kind of stuff. Wow. So 20 years of study in this book that talks about the possibly the most famous cult leader of all time. And uh, again, what's interesting is, like you said, the idea may start out right. His idea of, you know, just sort of free love and all this kind of stuff fit right in to the 60s in Hollywood at that time. Right. But then things escalated much, you know, more than you might expect. And then lots of dead people. Uh, yeah. It seems to end in death, doesn't sure it? Sure does. Yeah. yeah. But also a lot of sex. Yeah. He had to have sex with all the young girls. Well, of course. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what happens. When you were talking, it reminded me of an interesting parallel between kind of that story and what we're seeing right now in the news about Jeffrey Epstein. Yes. And the lengths that people are going to kind of cover up their ties yes. because they don't want to be tied to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read a book about him, a, a, like, oh gosh, probably four years ago. Really? Yeah. And so I had known the story really well when it came out. And I had that same sort of feeling like, oh, they're not really telling everything, yes. are they? I mean, it's bad enough what we know. But if you read the book, oh, it's called Filthy Rich, if anybody wow. wants to read it. Yeah, it's it's something. So, Well, it's crazy, too. Like here, um, he was uh, friends with one of the Beach Boys. He was trying yeah. to like record his own music. So he was real into that culture, mm-hmm. into music, into knowing all the producers, everything. He was getting them drugs. Like it... A lot of powerful people knew him, and powerful people will do a lot to keep stuff under wraps. Yes, especially when it threatens income. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, the book that I picked for the other genre is a nonfiction book called The Witness War Red, The 19th Wife That Brought Polygamous Cult Leaders to Justice Mm -hmm. by Rebecca Musser. So Rebecca uh, grew up in a fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, headed by the infamous Warren Jeffs. Yes, okay. Um, In her teens, she became the 19th 19th wife of 85-year-old Rulon Jeffs, 
who is Warren's father, who famously ended up with like 85 wives or something like that. Sure. Um, she was just, she went along with it. She grew up in it. Um, she didn't really know it was wrong for a long time until she started to see what bothered her was as her sisters and people she got to know, she realized that they were going to go through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so she did a daring escape and ended up getting out, building a new life, new family. But ultimately she was in 2007, 2007 had to take the witness stand against Warren basically to protect, you know, for all these girls. So she was one who came forward and said, you know, I, I can do this. I'm going to take it on. I'm going to explain what's really happening. I'm going to mm -hmm. explain how old I was and what happened. Um, what I love about this book is the the story might, you probably have heard of it. You might, it might, you might know bits and pieces of it, if not all of it, that, you know, the polygamist sect of the fundamentalist Mormon church, um, that it was Rulon Warren. One of his brothers was with him. He had exiled the other brother. Um, and they all had, you know, multiple wives. They were, kind of kicking their own people out. But what I loved about this book was it actually gives you a really good insight day to day of how this religion kind of became that way, how people were brainwashed into thinking what they specifically did to hide their actions. Mm -hmm. A lot of people had the idea that people had to know what Warren Jeffs was up to. And the reality is a lot of people didn't in terms of, in terms of parents, because they had effectively controlled people so well sure. and got them to such a destitute place. They were afraid he was so effective at kicking people out that people were afraid to say anything or they would lose their kids. Hmm. So it was, it's intense. It talks a lot about um, the polygamous culture, about like her dad taking on multiple wives and the dynamic that created in the household. Very interesting for that. Obviously, it's interesting for the trial aspect too, but I actually truly enjoyed the part of her just the day to day and really yeah. getting in the mindset was very interesting. Um, the reason for the title is that one of the things is they live in a very colorless world and red in particular is kind of a vile color to them. So sure. she specifically wore red every time she was on the witness stand. Ooh. Yeah. She took a very, you know, but what also I like about this book is it's not all rosy for her after she leaves. She mm -hmm. talks really about the hardships. She talks about the guilt she had about people that she knows that stay behind, uh, about how hard it was to adjust to this world that she'd been taught was bad. I mean, that's the whole point is that we're trying to change the world because it's not right. So I, I thought that the book was really good for all of those things. And mm -hmm. she did, um, there's a, I should have written, written it down, but um, there's a author that helped her with this too, uh -huh. to kind of form. I mean, she did a lot of the writing, but yeah. helped form it. So, wow. Yeah. Why is it always the sex stuff? I know. So much. I know. And always like underage girls, mm -hmm. 85 wives. Mm -hmm. How can someone handle 85 well, wives? Well, and this, this, it, you know, that's what a lot of people know about, but a lot of people don't know about the financial part of them that was almost a bigger part of the cult where they were getting the members that lived in that area to tithe so much that they had nothing. They were getting them all on SNAP benefits from the government so that they all had food cards and then they were using the food cards. They were making them give the food cards to the church and then the church would be able to use, or this area of the church that Warren Jeffs ran would be able to use it for money. Like they would cash it in for money because that's how it works. You know, if you're a store and you accept that, then the government reimburses you that amount of money that mm -hmm. was used. Uh, so they had formed their own store they would force them to go in and use these cards, but they wouldn't give them the food. Oh, my God. So they're impoverishing their people deliberately. Yes. And so these mothers enthralled. have these cards and they're going home and their kids have nothing to eat. Meanwhile, people that the Warren Jeff's brother, um, after Warren Jeff was in put in prison, he was living for a period of time in the bigger part of the compound, the castle, eating like lobster dinners and stuff. Yeah. So it's it's. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the financial crimes that they committed in this part of the cult was also a big deal. I mean, and that's actually what how they started to break it down even more was to get them on. It's it's that's a crime sure. to to do that with SNAP benefits. So they, it, wow. yeah, it doesn't sound very glamorous compared to everything else that we you know you know happened to. You can get them but, on, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. that makes it even harder then for people to get away mm -hmm. if they don't have any money. They don't know how the outside system works and. 
for a lot of these families, they had kicked the fathers out. They said, the, like, they would call fathers in and say, you're not worthy of your family. You aren't a religious enough. You aren't following the rules enough. So you're not allowed to have your wife and children. And they would make them leave. And the wife and children weren't allowed to follow them. And they know nothing else. And these wives are believing, like, oh, my husband must have done something. Oh, my God. So they're, they're protecting me. By getting rid of him. So then they're completely impoverished and have no one. And enslaving their family, basically. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes her getting away so much more brave and incredible mm-hmm. then. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is dark. It's so All dark. Of this. So dark. Why did we choose this I theme? I don't know. <laughs> getting really good. Getting uncomfortable. My tummy's turning. <laughs> Oh, feeling that tummy turn. It's going. It's just flip flopping in there. <laughs> well, this one won't help. I'll be okay. honest. Yeah, yeah. mine won't okay. either. But that's fine. Okay. Pop culture. Let's do it. Pop culture. Um, I found a podcast called Dear Franklin Jones. Mm. This is from Stitcher and Jonathan Hirsch. Um, and Jonathan Hirsch, growing up, his parents followed a guru named Franklin Jones. Mm. At least that's how they framed it to themselves, to themselves that he was okay. the spiritual guru, that he was a leader, an enlightened person, guiding them towards enlightenment. Right. But to everyone outside the group, Franklin Jones was a very dangerous, abusive cult leader. Oh, boy. So over seven episodes of this uh, podcast, it's only about 20 minutes each, Jonathan actually talks to his parents about how they got involved with Franklin Jones. He talks to past members of the group. He digs into Franklin Jones' past. Wow. And it's what I really like is it's a fascinating exploration of the reasons why, like why people are seeking leaders, why they're mm-hmm. looking to someone for guidance and willing to accept this sort of out there person because they need that guidance so bad. Mm-hmm. They're willing to forgive or ignore a lot of things because of the potential of learning from this person. Sure. Um, I personally think that describes a lot of religion, especially very fundamentalist religion. Yeah. But, you know, here, of course, it's, it's a... Um, uh, very focused. And it also describes a certain time period. This uh, Jones built a following in the 70s when many people were looking for another way to live, for spiritual guidance outside the trauma of the Vietnam War, the Watergate scandal, like everything just sort of felt, you know, in disarray. Um, so this was a big time for a lot of these gurus to kind of emerge. I really like, like I said, how he talks to his parents. He gets their view on why and how they got involved, why they stayed so long, 17 years, um, even wow. after some of his abuses had been shown and featured on a Good Morning America uh, segment in oh the my. 80s. They stayed. Um and long past all the allegations of sexual abuse, because, of course, there were. Mm-hmm. Um, Jones, like any you know good male cult leader, um, he preaches polygamy for the men. He himself has nine wives. Um, he insists he needs to sleep with all the women. Like I think one he insisted on is her wedding night. Um, coerced a lot of women into sex on his private island. Oh. Um, and required people to pay their salaries to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked how the podcast talked about Joan's influence over Jonathan Hirsch's own childhood. In fact, the podcast starts with him like going through an old box at his mom's house and finding like diary entries and letters that he wrote to Franklin Jones as a teenager. Oh wow! And some of it's, you know, teenage angst, but it's just like, I love you so much. Thank you for all your guidance. Like he is fully in and he's writing to Franklin Jones. So he, through this podcast is sort of, um, dealing with his own connection to this cult and trying to figure out how he could believe this for so long. Right. Um, so it's super interesting, super personal while t- talking about cult culture in general. Um, and it's super quick. Like I said, you can binge it in a day, which I did, in fact. And it's it's unsettling, but it also, like I said, it digs into some of the reasons why cults exist mm. and why they get so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in, in a lot of ways... There's stuff missing from society that maybe pushes people towards religion, but it pushes other people towards extreme stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, and looking for things outside the mainstream. Mm -hmm. 
And then you find Franklin Jones. I've never even heard of him. This I had neither, and that's what I liked is that this was sort of a, a minor figure. Yeah. But yeah. Um and in fact he started getting more attention after the Jonestown massacre in nineteen seventy nine. Oh. Because they had their own island and there was a big thing there. And so they started looking around for other cults and they found this Franklin Jones guy. And like I said, there wow. was a Good Morning America segment and um, Wow. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. Well, uh I, I went a little different direction with this pick um, on the cult side. And, and I what I did was I also wrote down the 10 de- like symptoms of a cult, how you know Ooh. you're in a cult, so that I can explain why I picked this as a cult okay. pick. Okay. okay. So mine is a 2018 documentary by Nancy Schwartzman called Roll Red Roll. And this is about um, the Steubenville, Ohio... <gasps> high school football team. You mentioned this to me. Yes. Where yes. there was the infamous um, sexual assault of a teenage girl and two boys infamously from the football team, very well known, very well liked, were charged with the crime. So their, their blurb for the documentaries, Roll Red Roll is a true crime thriller that goes behind the headlines to uncover the deep-seated and social media-fueled boys-will-be-boys culture mm-hmm. at the root of high school sexual assault in America. So they are really unpacking the story. It is not a – I wouldn't say that it's offering a lot of opinion. It's not an opinionated documentary. It's actually just kind of telling you the whole story, all these different pieces that I didn't even realize it happened. You've probably heard of it. It garnered a ton of national attention at the time. But the actual whole story is very fascinating, all the people that are involved in it. And the reason that I picked this for cult picks is because a lot of this centers around the fact that these two boys were – football stars mm-hmm. and they were on the football team that's incredibly important to how this all played out um it's important because it defined how they were punished by the school how the rest of the community felt by them you know we we've talked about this a little bit in our sports picks that the bad side of sports sometimes is that it can be cult-like there's this group think atmosphere that we can't possibly do something that would hurt us on the sports field. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about high school football, but we're so afraid to lose a game that we won't hold people responsible. Yep. It's become something bigger and yep. it's become a cult. Mm-hmm. So the first symptom of a cult yes. is that the leader is the ultimate authority. Sure. Which is just like the football coach or football captain. Yes. The school actually, when they found out about this party, initially they did nothing to the boys because all that was admitted was that they, they drank. The police are doing an investigation. Okay. The school, did, even though there's school rules about that, said, well, we're not, we're going to leave it up to the football coach what he wants of to course. do. Yeah. And because there was so much going on in the news, he chose not to punish them because yep. that would make them look guilty. Oh. So he just didn't do anything. Okay. So they left it up. He's the ultimate authority. He gets to decide, right? Yeah, Not sure, the law. Sure, sure. And in fact, you get to see part of his police interview, and you can tell that he definitely thinks that he is above, above the law. law. Yeah. yeah. Um, the second symptom is that the group suppresses skepticism. So media outlets and local citizens that were saying, these boys are not innocent. This is wrong were viewed as wrong and were harassed. They were given death threats. They were basically run out of town. They were worked hard to convince everyone that these boys were innocent and this was the girl's fault because she chose to drink. Of course. Third, the group delegitimizes former members. So yeah. people that have left or people that have pulled away were somehow they couldn't be right. That wasn't fair. There's, there's a very um, brave, courageous football player and wrestler who from the get-go and you can see him in home videos you can see it on his social media saying this isn't funny this isn't right this is not okay what happened um lost friends Oof. not you know is is obviously better off for where he is now yeah. but that was a big risk on his part and was sacrificing a lot of what he felt like he belonged to um the group is paranoid about the outside world is number four <laughs> School did not want information to get out. The football not. team didn't want anyone to know anything. And if everything was right and on the up and up, why couldn't? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you want people to know the information? Number five, the group relies on shame cycles. Oh. If you need your group in order to feel worthy, loved, or sufficient. You're in a freaking cult. You're in a cult. And also, if your cult actively makes other people feel ashamed... That's part of the magic of a cult, right? Yes. So what do we do? We say, well, 
she drank. It's yeah. Obviously her. Yeah. And I can't, I, I'm part of this great part of this great group. I couldn't do anything wrong. Exactly. Uh, number six, the leaders above the law. Already discussed that. Mm-hmm. Number seven, the group uses thought reform methods. So, for example, thought reform. If your questions are answered with cliches like "boys will be boys," Ugh. then you're probably in a cult. You probably are, right? Um, or you know, like you were saying, the thing about just faith. You know, just yes. generic cliche questions that you never quite actually get things the that way. don't mean mm-hmm. anything. That's yeah. a brainwashing, a specific brainwashing technique to mm-hmm. thinking. Number eight, the group's elitist. So if the group is the solution to all the world's problems, which we know high school football teams are the solution to everyone's Absolutely. problems, yes. they can't do any wrong because they're doing so much good for the town. Oh, gosh, yeah. There is no financial transparency, number oh, nine. hell no. This is absolutely true because most schools rely on sports to help feed the budget. And a lot of times that's not a popular decision because other sports suffer and they're supposed to be quality, but there isn't. And so they don't want that to be known. They don't want it to be known the amount of money that certain parents might give back to the school or the things that they choose to spend money on instead of textbooks, say. No financial transparency. Mm -hmm. Number 10, the group performs secret rites, (laughs) such as, I mean... Hazing, uh huh. Only hanging out with each other, keeping secrets. I don't know. As a group, sexually assaulting a girl. Yep. So when I read the ten, and I think about the documentary, it's a clear sign to me that it was cult behavior. That is fantastic. And I think sometimes we use the word or the phrase groupthink, which also yes. applies a lot in cults. But we don't ever think about how far we're actually taking that. Yeah. And when you watch this documentary, even if you know the story, you will be dumbfounded by the number of adults in that documentary that blindly agree that there's absolutely nothing wrong in this scenario without having a a piece of shred of evidence, a piece of fact. Now, when it first comes out and people say things like, well, you know, it needs to be tried or we need to hear the whole story. That's fine. That's fair. Nothing had come out yet Mm -hmm. at that point. But to just say automatically without knowing anything, boys will be boys. She obviously was asking for it. She was friends with them. She wanted to go with them. Of course. She was drinking. So it doesn't matter. A certain way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there will be parts that you'll want to throw things at the TV. (laughs) There was an interview with one of the boys' lawyers that was, I was, couldn't even believe that he tried to equate things on the same level. It will blow your mind. And one another important part of this is that social media played a huge part in this actually coming out because there was a woman that lived in the town who was a true crime blogger Mm -hmm. who saw something happening, was like in tune enough to know something's not right here. So she started screenshotting the social media. She was seeing the tweets that were later deleted. So if she hadn't thought to screenshot them. And later, as she was getting death threats and people were ostracizing her, she released it. And that's how it got national attention. So So she's a freaking hero right there. Yeah. I mean, essentially, she's the real reason that a lot of, like, importance actually got put on this. So Wow. mm -hmm. And and there's there's another side to that that caused a whole protest. And a big part of the protest was that the police weren't doing their job, which was not true. Really? It's the school that's not doing their job. Yes. And it's honestly, it's the town. Yes. It's the people not holding them responsible or making it difficult for the police to do their job. Mm-hmm. The detectives were very committed to this. They were working through it. You can see multiple police interviews um, with people, with high schoolers. You can see the police talking to um, the camera about why they made certain decisions that they made. So there wasn't a lack of them thinking something wasn't wrong. They mm-hmm. knew from the get-go they had a case and that this wasn't right. So the part of that protest isn't quite right, but the the idea that there was... You know, they didn't want anything to happen to them is really by the definition of cults that Mm -hmm. you gave. There's a lot of places that Mm -hmm. are cults. Think about fraternities and sororities. Mm -hmm. Think about um, just every sort of thing that uh, values like masculinity, especially. Yeah, that's really disturbing. Mm hmm. And also, like you said, social media, it seems to perpetuate then cult like behavior Mm -hmm. if it's 
you know, if everyone's piling on and doing what everyone else is doing, then it's like mob mentality. It's group thing. Yes. It's just, it's helping that along. Yes, absolutely. Wow. And, and don't take this that I'm saying that all sports are cults. I don't no. think that. And I think that sports bring a lot of wonderful things to the table. I think they do give people a sense of belonging that maybe they don't get somewhere else or they help form friendships that people have forever. And, you know, maybe they go through, you know, difficult physical things, whatever together and that bonds them. And that is all okay. Absolutely. As long as you don't have these things happening as long as we understand that doesn't make you untouchable it doesn't mm-hmm. make your coach untouchable it doesn't make it okay to go rape a girl yeah. and then say no boys will be boys it doesn't make you some automatic status symbol mm-hmm. just because you have this experience that's great i'm not taking that experience away from you but that doesn't give you a free pass mm-hmm. so whoo yeah. coming in hot again I came in hot on the cults <laughs> <laughs> and you threw me for a loop i thought for sure you were going to go going clear Oh, well, because I already talked about Leah Remini. I felt like, yeah, I covered that. But yeah, we didn't touch Scientology because it's such an obvious cult. Yeah. And I've covered it before. If you're not watching Leah Remini's show or reading her book, shame on you. Get to it. Yeah. It's fantastic. And also, if you haven't seen that HBO documentary, Going Clear, it will blow your freaking mind. It will. It will blow your mind. If you don't know anything about Scientology. Holy crap. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, we took down some cults today. We did. Oh, my goodness. Dead. And we will be back next Wednesday taking down something else, maybe. I don't yes, we know. Will. I don't remember what our next theme is, but maybe it's, it's going to be, be good. Gonna we're going to take it down. <laughs> so in the meantime, head to our website, broadsandbooks.com, and check out all the recommendations we made in this episode. Also, mm-hmm. bonus. Yes. There are bonuses on our website. So, so check that many out. Bonuses. So much great bonus bonuses material. for you. Go to it. Check it out. Yes. Um, also, hey. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and review. That'd be so great. Yeah. If you're listening on another social, or social, if you're listening on another podcast player, it's probably going to be difficult. It's not as easy. Email us. Yes. Let us know what you think. Post on our social medias. Yes. Tell us all the wonderful things you want to tell us. Yes. And, and why, we can't wait to hear it. Why you're doing that? Tell us things you want to hear. Mm-hmm. You got a great idea. You're like, hey, I'd love to hear what pics you have centered around Columbus Day, for example. Columbus Day. So many good picks around Columbus Columbus Day. Day. I was trying to do one that wouldn't reveal a theme that we're going to do. And I was like, well, Columbus Day is not planned. But hey, we can do it. But if you want it, listeners, we'll do do it. it. Yeah. Bring it. Yeah. Or any other good theme ideas. Maybe not that one. Maybe not that one. Maybe a better one than that. If you really want it, we'll work on it. We will work on it. Yeah. Yes. Hard hitting Columbus Day picks. Yes. Absolutely. Um, You can find us, like I said, on our website. Um, You can email us there. You can also reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In the meantime, happy reading. up again same night another dream before trying this recording thing i didn't remember much of anything of these dreams i didn't remember much from any of the women and one night of doing this and it's broken things open the dreams are they're in me and they're they're coming out of me and to me i am not broken i am the most whole most real Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. 
That's W-Y-R-D, woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.